0: How often have you seen this picture on social media? A young person, probably from a developed nation, posing with a group of half-dressed, impoverished children with no parents in sight. Does this picture bother you? Do you wonder if the parents gave consent for their children to be photographed and posted online for millions of strangers to view? Do you question the motives of the poster? Do your answers change if you know that the poster took the picture while volunteering abroad? Today we're going to be tackling the complicated topic of volunteerism and the question of what constitutes ethical service. In our society, we tend to view all volunteering as unquestionably good and all volunteers as undoubtedly notable. And while the intentions of the vast majority of volunteers are good, what we know today is that good intentions don't always equal good impact. To be clear, I'm not trying to discourage people from volunteering in any capacity. Giving your time and effort to aid your local community is something that I think we should all do more of. I just want to open up a conversation about the issues that come to light when we travel elsewhere to do the work of volunteering, and to get people to start thinking critically about the impacts of their own actions. To help me with this conversation, I talked to the two co-presidents of KU's own MedLife chapter, Macy Rouse and Megan Rodriguez. We discussed what makes KU's chapter of MedLife unique and what led them to the goals that they work towards today.
1: Yeah, so KU's MedLife chapter is a little bit different than the international headquarters of MedLife. We focus on advocacy, education, and ethical service and we kind of centered our three pillars around the idea that ethical service is really important and we feel we need to educate students on campus about the models of ethical service and how to be a good volunteer.
2: Yeah, so if we're talking about MedLife as as a whole, um, the actual NGO um, mainly functions um, by running mobile medical clinics where um, undergraduate students or even high school students will pay a little um, service fee that will fund a mobile clinic and as part of that fee they also get to attend that clinic and um, and volunteer within a community delivering health care and other resources. Um, and. The function of chapters at college campuses is basically a funnel for all of those students to go and participate in those clinics or fund development projects that MedLife also does. So most chapters are focused on gathering students to sit on those trips or gathering money to fund development projects.
1: And these locations that students are going to are overseas, so they don't occur in the United States. Popular locations, the most popular ones probably Tanzania, Peru is also extremely popular, and then they just added some in India. Yeah, so our chapter actually used to participate in these mobile clinic trips. Megan and I actually went to Tanzania in 2016 on a trip with about 50 KU students. So we went and were able to kind of see some of these harmful practices and had some concerns. Um, So when our chapter came back, the executive board at the time began to do more research. And we found that volunteerism, in particular these mobile medical clinic clinic trips had really harmful consequences on the communities that they work in and so we did a little bit more research and found that often they perpetuate asymmetrical relationships between benefactors and beneficiaries so you kind of create this savior complex when you go abroad Um, and also we had really big concerns about a lack of cultural competency MedLife International doesn't require students to be trained before they go to trips abroad. Um, This is extremely concerning because as undergraduate students, we really don't have many valuable skills to offer. And so we felt that before you go abroad, you really need to know about the community you're going to serve in, um, or at least have a basic understanding of the culture and the language.
0: So I know we've been throwing a lot of terms out there so far in this conversation. To some, they may just sound like meaningless buzzwords, but I can promise you that these terms are important, and I got the help of Megan and Macy to define them.
2: So volunteerism is basically an attractive way of going abroad to volunteer. Um, it involves both performing the service, but also taking the time to be um, a tourist and experience the community and the culture that it has to offer. It's not necessarily negative, but um, it can have its negative connotations when tourists slash volunteers are not um, educated in the right way.
1: Yeah, so ethical service is just being conscious of the ways you're serving. Um, We actually have a few points that you can go through and checklist to make sure you're serving ethically. But the main thing is that you're being aware of the community you're serving and also being conscious that as a volunteer, you shouldn't be volunteering to benefit yourself. You need to put the community you're serving or the individuals you're serving first.
0: If you caught that, Macy just mentioned a checklist for ethical service. This checklist can be found on the KU Center for Service Learning's website and it details the seven most important questions to ask yourself about an organization before working with them and also when determining whether or not they have ethical practices. I'm going to go over them briefly, but I encourage you to go to their website if you want a more in-depth explanation. So the first question is, does the service experience utilize a partnership approach? This question is important because organizations, especially international ones, sometimes make the mistake of assuming that they know what's best for a community, instead of simply asking them what they need. This can lead to volunteers accidentally taking away jobs and opportunities from those inside a community. The second question is, does the program include volunteer orientations, ongoing trainings, and reflection? This is important because you need to know the context in which you're going to serve. This is particularly important when going to serve in a community whose culture differs from your own. And this is even possible if you're still volunteering inside your own country, but it's especially prominent in people who are planning on volunteering abroad. Our guests spoke about one of the trainings they have in their own organization.
2: Yeah, something that we include with our cultural competency training is, is um, the concept of fair trade learning. So that's basically ensuring that whatever skills that you take abroad um, are you are going to be unique in that community, and you also in that community have the opportunity to gain skills from them.
0: Third question is, what impact does the service experience have on the local economy? We need to ask ourselves, does it provide jobs for local workers and help growth? Or does it put local entrepreneurs out of business? An example of this could be like an organization giving away free clothes, but this may end up putting a local seamstress or tailor out of business. Maisie and Megan also gave their own example of this.
1: For example, if you're a licensed carpenter and you go abroad to build a staircase, that sounds great because you have the skills necessary to contribute to that community. However, you could be taking a job away from somebody who's
0: local. Number four. Does the service experience protect vulnerable populations? And to define vulnerable populations, this can be children, the elderly, those with special needs, or anyone else who may need some sort of protection when dealing with strangers or outsiders. This kind of goes back to question number two. If you're working with children, be aware of any organization that doesn't require things like extensive training and background checks of its volunteers. These are the same expectations that would be put on a worker of a paid daycare center here in the U.S. Macy and Megan made a point very similar to this.
1: Yeah, something we usually tell our students or the other people we're educating is that if you can't do that sort of service or practice within the United States, you should not be doing it abroad. Um, In the United States, for an example, you can't hand out medicine unless you are a licensed
0: pharmacologist. So why could you do that abroad? Number five, Does the program avoid representing volunteers as saviors or heroes? This is like the photograph that I discussed at the beginning of this podcast. Be wary of organizations that allow you to take and post pictures of people you are serving, especially children, without their consent. And also be on the lookout for the kinds of pictures that organizations post on their websites and social media. Ask yourselves, do they depict these people that they serve in a dignified manner? Or do the photos that they post stereotype or sensationalize their subjects? And the most important thing is to ask yourself, if you were in the same situation as these people that you're serving, would you want your picture posted online? Number six is the organization financially transparent. This is a pretty simple one. There's not really any good reason a reputable nonprofit service organization won't have a detailed breakdown of their finances available to the public. A lot of reputable organizations will even have this available on their own websites. And number seven, does the organization prioritize volunteering over the travel experience and tourism? The focus of the trip should always be on the service, not tourism. If you want to go on a vacation, that's completely fine, but don't mask it as something it's not. And question the motives of organizations who tell you that they can do both at the same time. Now you may be asking yourself, what's the point of all this? How much can this actually be hurting the communities abroad? Lucky for you, I asked our guests the same question. Um, I'd
1: say one of the biggest concerns is that in a lot of voluntourist projects or voluntourist trips, students aren't equipped with the skills necessary to actually contribute to these communities. Um, You don't have a degree, or you're not a doctor, you're not a nurse, for example. And so, really, you don't have anything to contribute. Also, because these trips usually are one week long or two week long, you're not there long enough to make
2: sustainable change. Two classic examples that we use when we do our training here is one story of or a woman recounting um, a group of tourists coming through who had been volunteering that previous week, and they kind of didn't really know where the line was between their service and their tourism. So they were touring a slum area, and there was a woman there going into labor. And they all went into her room, and they started to take pictures of her as she was delivering, which was a complete violation of privacy, and no one here in the United States would, would allow that to happen. Another story that we always talk about is called Duffel Bag Medicine, where volunteers had accumulated a bunch of donations of medicine, um, antibiotics, vitamins, stuff like that, and were just handing them out. Um, These students weren't doctors, they weren't licensed professionals, pharmacists. They just had a bunch of random prescriptions that they thought could help and without any explanation they gave them out. So when you're really not equipped with the skills to actually perform the service that you you are giving out, that's where the, the, the bad consequences lie.
0: These are only two examples of the harmful effects that volunteerism can have. There are many other ways communities can and have been impacted. To end our conversation, I asked Megan and Macy the value of educating people on this topic.
1: Making more people aware of the issues. You can serve ethically, and you can participate in volunteer opportunities. Megan and I still do, and we encourage students on campus to do so. However, just making sure people are aware of these issues will allow their service to mean more, not just to themselves, but to the community, and really just make real, lasting impacts that are sustainable and can be beneficial to all involved.
0: Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. I hope our conversation can help you open up a dialogue with those around you on this important subject. So please, go out and volunteer, spend time doing what you can for those around you, but always remember to think critically before you act. I'm Jordan Doss and this has been 90.7 KJHK.